Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Marvin Melendez. You're listening to another episode of All My Friends Talk, where I talk to all my creative artists, advocates, and all-around amazing friends. Man, I'm so pumped for this episode. I got a chance to talk to Hannah Hoopton. Uh, who is a, uh, she's a writer and she's currently working on a really amazing project. She's got a Kickstarter um, that she launched to try to get this project off the ground. And when I heard about it, I was really excited for it. So uh, I'll go ahead and I'll put the Kickstarter down below. Um, but overall, um, go ahead and check out the project that she's listening to or she's working on. We go in pretty in-depth about it. It's really amazing work that she's doing. So, uh, so yeah, I'm excited for you guys here, and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Hannah. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So how are you? I'm doing great. I, um, I'm so, so excited to talk to you. Um, I saw your Kickstarter campaign, and um, I normally don't jump on, like, uh, reach out to people as fast as I did, but I was really, really intrigued by the project that you have a Kickstarter. So um, I really appreciate you taking time to come out and talk to me about it. Um, so yeah, and just to dive in and see, see what you have going on. Man, it's such an honor. Thank you. Um, so, all right. So tell me, like, I, I know we haven't met before, so I'm just curious as to like, who you are like your background it's Friday you're a poet is that is that's kind of your thing that that, that's what I say yeah that's what I'd like to be okay so tell me so where so where are you from and and kind of where where this process start yeah yeah um I'm from Franklin Tennessee which is just south of Nashville um and I've been writing uh ever since I was a little kid um always really loved words um and I studied biblical Greek in college um, and was very drawn to the intersection of my poetry and writing with um, researching scripture, digging into the original languages um, and using poetry as a way to uh, communicate the, the truths of scripture in a new and fresh way. And Michael Codd talks about biblical imagination, and uh, that's something I really love. Um, gotcha. So this project came out of my senior project for college. Um, I just graduated in the spring. Um, oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and this was my capstone. Wow. Okay. So, so this is, so you are yourself are still are pretty religious and probably I'm assuming that's that has something to do with this background going into that, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, it does. Uh, and so, when you say that you're interested in taking the like the scripture text, intersecting them to your into your poetry, like, was there like a what kind of start of that curiosity? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think it's very easy for us to come to scripture um, 
whether we've grown up in the church, um, which I did, um, or were, were interacting with scriptural truths um, uh, for the, the first time or with the church community for the first time, um, we, this, we bring to scripture a lot of stigma and baggage um, that we have. Uh, we're familiar with verses. Um, we kind of assume we know uh, what's being said, what's being talked about. Um, and it's very hard for us to come to scripture with fresh eyes, really open to uh, engaging with the ideas, uh, maybe the way they were presented um, centuries ago when it was originally written, um, the way that it's meant to be communicated. So much of scripture is poetry, the Psalms are poetry, um, and we, we often don't read them that way. Um, a lot mm -hmm. of scripture is, is literature, it's stories, and we don't easily interact with it as stories. Um, we interact with it as, uh, we easily interact with it as a very dry religious text um, and not as uh, the certain genres that it's written in. And so part of my desire as a poet and a storyteller is to dig into the stories of scripture and the poetry of scripture and interact with it um, in the genres for which it was written. Interesting. So why Psalms 90? Because so or actually let's let's before we get there, let's clarify what it is that you are doing right now. So you have a Kickstarter campaign for I think you call it a, a lyric a lyrical exposition of, of Psalms 90. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So break down so what is it? What is this thing that you're doing? Like break that down for me before we get into like the kind of genesis behind it. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, what I'd like to do if the Kickstarter comes through, um, if we can raise the funds, is create a studio album um, of a one-night production I did in the spring. Um, so it was a production that I, I only planned to, to do for one night. Um, it was my capstone project for college. Um, and I, I took Psalm 90. I met with 14 different pastors and theologians and priests and rabbis and professors and just researched the psalm, the history of the psalm, uh, the Hebrew poetry, um, the way the original Hebrew text works. The, and um, out of that, I wrote uh, a lyrical base. So um, the lyrics to kind of like a concept album. Um, okay. I'm not a musician. Um, so, so I had the audacity to uh, plan a concert without being able to compose music. Um, <laughs> And I, I took what I had written and reached out to seven different bands um, and musicians in Nashville of a variety of genres and styles um, and asked if they would be willing to take what I'd written and compose melodies and then perform it uh, just once for a one night event. Um, and that's what we did. And uh, it, was, it was amazing. It was incredibly encouraging um, to begin something that I couldn't finish um, and see the body of Christ rally around it, see the body of Christ um, make it something that I never could. Um, yeah. And uh, and now we're, we're seeing if we can take it a step further. Did you, When you started, did you think that you would do like a studio album with it or did you? Never, never, absolutely not. Did you think you would get so many different artists behind it? Uh, no, I didn't. I thought I might be able to, to open some friends from school to pull it off. 
Interesting. And then, but you got like some really professional artists on this project as well. I do. I do. And so yeah, what was the, what was like getting them involved, like reaching out to them? You know, what was that process like? Um, it was as uh, genuine and normal as you might expect when I reached out to uh, Dennis Parker, um, who's the guitarist for Ricky Skaggs and Kentucky Thunder. He does the, the first and the last songs on the performance. Um, I had heard him play at a concert. I loved his voice. I loved the way he told his life story. Um, Psalm 90 was written by Moses. Um, and I loved the way he, um, just in his presence on stage, in his voice, in the, the weight of his music, he embodied what I think Moses might have been like. Um, mm. And so I had in my head, I, I wanted him for this concert. And so I messaged him on Facebook. And I said, wow. hey, I'm a college student. <laughs> I got this thing. <laughs> And uh, and uh, in in the Kickstarter video, he tells a little bit of that story, but um, he just really felt drawn to so generously give of himself to this project, and I'm so grateful he did. You know, I think I was also drawn to this, and I know I had talked to you about this before. Um, yeah, I, I get a lot of listeners on here, who, and also a lot of artists on here that aren't Christians or religious at all. And, um, and me and my friend Monique, who's, she, she's also a poet. She has her own TikTok video of talking, like doing her poetry and stuff. And she was on here a couple of weeks ago and we were talking and we had this long conversation about the quality of, of Christian content and Christian mm -hmm. art out there. And I remember when I saw this, when I saw the Kickstarter campaign and then I, um, I showed it to my wife we are both really, really excited because I think there's oftentimes this idea of with Christian artists specifically, where there's, they don't want to put the label Christian artists on themselves because they feel like it puts themselves in a box or they feel like, or the flip side of it is, if we're honest, not a lot of Christian content is high quality, mm -hmm. you know, and I long for someone who, and I feel bad because I do a lot of poetry too, but like, I definitely don't consider myself a Christian poet by any means, you know, and I, but I long for Christian artists, whether you're a poet, you're a musician, you're a filmmaker to write Christian content at the highest quality, but like what the most, and so what you're doing, honestly, is one of the most, and I haven't heard it yet. I wasn't at your, the, the show. I really wish I was. I really mm -hmm. hope you do it again so I can go. Right. Um, but I like, I, I want there to be just such good creative, like different unique perspectives on something that really is just meant just for like for the purpose of like of the faith, whether it's to whether it's worship, whether it's to encourage the, the body. It's like I just want there to be quality Christian art, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think um man, whatever quality you're seeing in, um, in the work is certainly founded primarily on uh, the group of individuals that came out on the project. Um, and that's, that's true for the, the studio album as well. Um, I would have never dreamt that I would make a studio album, much less in Sputnik Studios in Nashville um, with um, Mitch Dane engineering. Like the, 
folks that we have lined up for the album. If we get the Kickstarter through, we'll have Buddy Green and Jeff Taylor um, playing on the album, who are phenomenal bluegrass musicians in Nashville. Um, And so I... I don't know how to create high quality art other than um, acknowledge that I can't um, and really reach into uh, the community around me um, who's doing such great work. That's awesome. And I'm really excited that you have that, that team around you. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, what was, so why did you pick Psalms 90? Yeah. Um, so like I said, this, this project started as a college project, um, end of end of four years of school. And uh, the night before my high school graduation, I uh, I was kind of um, kind of thinking through the next few years of my life, and uh, I I thought of the verse, uh, teach us to number our days, um, and which is from Psalm ninety, um, and I think whether you're a believer or not, um, whether you read scripture or not, whether you're familiar with the Psalms or not, um, it's it's pretty widely held that we we live better when we keep the end in sight, um, mm. when we acknowledge that our days are limited, um, and and live with that perspective. Um, and I think it's really easy to to go into the years of college, you know, eighteen to twenty two, uh, and miss that. And I didn't want to. I really wanted to use those years well. Um, So I started just digging into Psalm 90 because that's what that verse is and trying to figure it out. And I wrote a prayer based on Psalm 90 uh, that I prayed that night. Um, And then I kept it around and I prayed it a couple times a week for four years all through college. And so when it came time to write my capstone, I knew the form I wanted. I wanted to try this crazy thing where a person who's not a musician tries to pull off a concert. And I I just needed something to write about. And, uh, yeah, you, you kind of have this thing. I, I don't know if you've noticed this in your poetry, but, um, you have to start somewhere with a piece of art and you know that it, sometimes it doesn't really matter where you start. You just, yes. start, you start something and then start digging into it, you know? Um, yeah. and you trust, uh, the creative process, the Holy spirit, um, just the way art works in this world to, that you'll get something out of it in the end. Um, and so I just, I picked Psalm 90 because that's where my head had been for the last four years. And uh, man, I'm glad I did. It's been so fun. Yeah. Um, you said you, you talked to 14 different pastors and theologians and rabbis. I did. What, so over what course, like amount of time did you talk to them? What were those conversations like? I spent about four months on the research portion of the project. Wow. Um, and those meetings ranged from 30 minutes to four hours. Um, I would, I would sit down and I, um, I came, I always came with a list of questions. Um, and, uh, what kind of questions would you ask? If you mind me? It depended on the person. Um, it depended on the background when I, um, when I met with, uh, priests, I often asked them about Lent because Psalm 90 has a lot of dust imagery in it. And I knew that I wanted this to be a Lent into Easter piece. And the image of dust and ash um, is a very Lenten idea for the church liturgy, you know, Ash Wednesday. Um, yeah. And so okay. I, I... I'm sorry, let's back up. Lent is, what is Lent? 
Okay, Lent is uh, the season um, in the church calendar. So the church calendar goes through uh, different seasons and it's the season, the 40 days leading up to Easter. So you have Advent, okay. which are the days leading up to Christmas. And then you have Lent, okay. which are the days leading up to Easter. Um, and uh, Lent begins with Ash Wednesday, which is um, when the, you, you, if, you, if you're in a tradition that absorbs Ash Wednesday, um, the priest will mock your forehead with the sign of the cross and the ashes. Gotcha. As a reminder of your dust and your mortality. I grew up in really Pentecostal. So like I'd never oh. been in a church that was like, uh, that had Lent or Ash Wednesday. So like I meet people like you, I'm like, okay, wait, back up. Like what was, and I never really understood it. So I appreciate you breaking it down for me. Yeah, for sure. I didn't really grow up in that tradition either. Um, it's something that I've kind of discovered and fallen in love with in the last few years. Okay. So you went to the priest and you would ask about like Lent and the imagery of, of the dust within Psalm 90. Yeah, or when, when I met with a rabbi, I would ask him about um, the, the tradition of the, the, like the Jewish tradition around Psalm 90. Um, and there's certain services where they always chant Psalm 90, and I wanted to hear about those. Um, when I met with professors, I would ask about the, the Hebrew text and the manuscript, um, the story of Moses, because the, the tradition is that Moses wrote it. Um, yeah. So I, I asked different questions depending on who I was meeting with. Um, and then were these people like people you knew or just heard of, or did you just like Google them? Like what was, what was your relationship to them? Yeah, I, again, it really varied. So um, I, my, I have a cousin who's uh, in Pakistan right now. I oh, wow. doing, I work down there with his family and he's done extensive work in biblical languages. And so I, I called him up at 6 a.m. in Pakistan and talked to him. Um, and then I, I talked to uh, Michael Khan, who's a Christian artist who's done extensive work on um, turning scripture into song and uh, oh, wow. interpreting scripture through the lens of poetry and narrative. Uh, so I met with him. He brought in more of the creative side. I met with Dr. Paul Lim, who's a professor at Vanderbilt here in Nashville, uh, who's done extensive work in uh, the scriptures in Old Testament manuscripts. Uh, I met with some professors from my school and other schools, met with uh, pastors in the area. Um, talked to my grandfather. I'm curious. I think the one that, that intrigued me the most was you saw, you spoke to a rabbi. I did. Yes, sir. And what um I'm curious were they messianic Jewish or or yeah I yep he's the uh, only messianic rabbi in Nashville oh wow mm -hmm. and I mean that comes you know I've um I like there's my brother-in-law is his family is messianic Jewish so like yeah. and so I often learn a lot of you know just like from them and then talk to me and breaking down like because I think they give a lot better historical accounts of the scriptures mm -hmm. than I like I did in like my church upbringing, yeah, um, yeah. and I had no issues, you know, uh, with I don't know, I don't I, I don't really have like uh, the problem with my church upbringing, but it's just so it was a very refreshing, different point of view that I get when I speak to him and his family. Um, did you find that to be the same with your like within your research when you spoke to them? 
Oh yeah, um, I, his name was uh, Ken Alpin, um, and he Rabbi Alpin did a wonderful job uh, bringing in uh, the the tradition of the songs. Uh, they they're so highly valued in uh, Jewish culture and Messianic Jewish culture. Um, so he was able to communicate. He was able to chant part of it for me, which was wonderful oh, to wow. hear it. Um, yeah, to hear it the way it would have been sung in services. Uh, it's the it's the opening psalm to a lot of services. Right? So in in the Messianic Jewish culture, uh, it's um, it's a way that they come into worship, and that that even even like all of these pieces were were starting to come together for me. You know what what does it mean to begin worship with this framework? Um, and then he brought in uh, just like very practically. Uh, a number of uh, Hebrew commentaries, um, oh, which wow. were wonderful, and just resources um, centuries old for work that had been done on Psalm 90 in their tradition um, that I just, I didn't have access to otherwise, and that was wonderful. And so now you have this Kickstarter campaign. Is this like this type of project, are you planning on doing anything more similar to it in the future? Or is this like a, a one-time thing? You know, folks have asked about that. Um, and I would certainly be open to it. I, I don't know. I never planned on coming this far. I, like I said, I'm not a musician. Um, it just, it seemed like a, a cool idea to end college. Um, and then <laughs> as, I, as I, I just want to store it well all the way through. Um, yeah. But I've loved every step of the process. So I wouldn't be opposed to it. And it's, it's such a fun way to do collaboration. Um, yeah. I do love, I love working with musicians. Um, mm-hmm. I love hearing something that I've written retold back to me in a completely different medium. That's really cool. To yeah. Me. No, I am. I definitely understand that. I remember I, I, um, a buddy of mine, shout out to Blake England. Um, when we were in college together, he used to play he's a phenomenal musician so a lot of times i would write something he would just sing it and i was like i remember the first time he did it and we got it on video and we went bananas when he did it like i was like oh my god we both were celebrating yeah. and i was like crying because it's it is something to hear your words coming out of a different voice uh and i don't know i, I I really don't think I can fully express how I'm how excited and how much I want your project to succeed. Like I really, really and I, like I mean, this is the first time we met. Like I just messaged you three days ago. This is the fastest I've ever put together an interview. So it's not even like yeah, there's that much you. history. But I do. I really believe that there is something like great within your project coming. Like I, I genuinely believe that. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had you on the podcast. Like just so you know. Um, so yeah and I know that your goal is to have this in people's hands by Lent is this because of the how often this references you mentioned earlier this this Psalms 90 references dust a lot Um, is that why you want it to be done by then yeah I want it done by Holy Week which is the week leading up to Easter Um, because the the scope of the the project uh, begins with uh, a lot of Lenten themes and then moves into resurrection and Easter. Um, and the, it, the the whole project has kind of a, a narrative arc. You know, you, okay. you kind of 
you you start you know I, I don't know if you've ever studied story structure but you know you you start going along and then you you hit a hit a bump and you spiral down for a bit and and then yeah. you, you kind of hit your dark night of despair and then you come back up um and so that that movement um of that upward swing comes with the resurrection in the project um I because I, I really believe that that is the upward swing of Psalm 90. I think it, in, in all of my research, um, I think there are um, foretellings of resurrection um, mm-hmm. all through that, that upward swing of the Psalm. And so I, I want to, it in people's hands as they're living through that um, in their, their Easter week. You're, how much of writing like have you studied over the years like you even throughout this course you reference like several different things like and, and I mean you do poetry you mentioned storytelling writing now you're music writing you know like how oh, much man, really. <laughs> like how much writing have you studied slash done over the years um I don't know how to quantify that I've always loved it um ever since I was young and, and my parents I was homeschooled um, okay. And my my parents were so amazing at looking at each of their kids and seeing where their gifts were, and then um, just empowering them to to follow those those gifts and talents. And so um, I think I was ten when my mom said, "I want you to take a writing class. Like this is this is something I want you to do." And uh, she put me in a class with Jennifer Trafton, um, who uh, she is a writer for the Rabbit Room. Um, but she teaches uh, children's, she, she taught at the time, um, a lot of children's writing classes. And I took classes with her for, um, man, probably six years. And then she, she uh, did some private tutoring work with me. In college, I studied under uh, Dr. Jonathan Rogers, um, who is an a author um, and a children's author. Um, oh, wow. And, uh, and, and I've, I, I, I read a lot. And I think that um, that was another gift that my parents gave me um, every Christmas we did and, and still get, do all, all of their kids get a box filled with books every Christmas. And, uh, and I really think reading is uh, the, the best work a writer can do for their craft. Um, it's funny. I didn't know that, I mean, you just mentioned your homeschool and then, and then you went to college, but um, I, I mean this and like, probably, I feel like a lot of times when someone says like they're homeschooled, you think of them as like not having a sense of community, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But you have this very great sense of community in the sense that like you brought so many people around you and that, you know, I don't know, that popped in my head and I hope you don't take that the wrong way. Like, I feel like I have a lot of friends who are homeschooled and they're super social, but then other people, does that, does that make sense? You know what I'm? Yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely a lot of different ways that that looks for um, a lot of folks. And uh, I, I grew up in an area where there's tons of resources um, for, for homeschooling. And I, I took lots of classes with uh, great teachers and I did competitive speech and debate and, um, Really? Yeah, I was just involved. And that helped writing too. Um, Just practice in public speaking and trying to communicate the truth in the most beautiful way I knew how in a lot of different forms. That's so awesome. Um, Now, your Kickstarter campaign is starting from 
you did an all or nothing campaign i did yes sir why all or nothing because isn't there for my opinion there's an option where like even if you don't make it you still get the funds that were that were pledged and you kind of just work with what you got not through kickstarter i think other other programs might do that um okay gotcha that is all or nothing um and i the easy answer for that is that i i'm 22 i've never done this before i'm very young in this world and that's what people told me uh is is the best way to do it um and that's what i've i've seen happen really well um friends i have who have done kickstarter and successfully um and i i'm just following in the footsteps of of folks who know better than i do um i think part of that might be that that quality piece that we were talking about you know folks want to know that the 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 money they're donating is, is going towards a, a good project, a project that's going to be done well. And uh, for me to, to make that promise, you know, if, if I don't get what I need to do this well, then I'm not going to not going to take your money instead of, you know, I get a tenth of the funds. So I'm going to make a, a tenth as good album. Um, mm. you know, it's not it's not the same thing you're donating to. So. Yeah, no, that's awesome. You um, when as far as the creative process, whether it's been with different artists or whether it's been your studies was has there been any has there been any moments that stood out for you specifically that's like that either changed the the whole way that you did this or changed the way you viewed the scriptures or changed the way that you like your writing process in writing it was there anything that stood out for you in the creative process behind it oh man um so many things there were so many different um steps that I took and each one was a little different so the research phase um, I, obviously that just completely changed the way I, I look at the psalm. And uh, it was from that that I built all of the imagery and the metaphors. So, so for example, um, there's a verse in Psalm 90 that says, um, talking to God, you return man to the dust. Um, and in English, we just translate it, you return man to the dust. Um, you know, we, we come from the earth, we go back into the earth. Um, pretty simple. And uh, when I was talking to my my cousin in Pakistan, he uh, he was walking me through the Hebrew, and he says, you know, this this word, it's really grind. Um, so the the way the verse reads in Hebrew is, you grind man back into dust, and that is a completely different image. Yeah. Um, there we have um, we have we have to to deal with the fact that God. Um, uh, has allowed death and is is um as i as i in in the lyrics i say it is because of you we die um that mm-hmm. that god hasn't actively put a stop to that um from our perspective right now um and and uh you know we have that that move into the tomb and out of the tomb and resurrection and and that's that's part of the turn that the whole program takes um, but it started with me just like piecing together these pieces of Hebrew poetry and uh, um, those those images that are so were so real to the folks hearing the poetry for the first time um, in in Israel uh, centuries ago that we just we don't even see see the metaphors and the images in the poetry anymore. Um, we're so far removed from the language and the culture. Um, wow. It, what about 
what does the music portion sound like? Is there any reference for like musically to the way it would have originally sounded or is it just kind of like, did you let the, the musicians kind of take full creative process? What does that sound like? Yeah, I let the musicians take full creative process. I kind of couldn't do anything else because I'm not a musician. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, the piece, uh, the whole production works kind of uh, starting at the ends and, and moving inward. Um, mm. So I have the same artist that opens the production, ends the production. Um, and the second artist also does the song that's second to the last. And so we're kind of building um, inwards to a point. Um, and uh, so, and that creates this unity for the whole piece. Uh, excuse me. Uh, but I, I just, I handed the lyrics to the artists and I, I didn't really talk to them much uh, before. I wanted them to read through what I wrote and kind of kind of give their best shot at, at the way they wanted to interpret it. And every single piece came back different than I would have planned or expected. And uh, every single piece came back better. Um, Interesting. And did they change any like your words around or like how what did they do? We had very minimal lyric changes. Um, really? So I, I wrote the lyrics with song structure. So, you know, chorus of Osbridge. Um, one artist rearranged the structure a little bit. Um, and we had a few, we changed a few, you know, prepositions and connecting words uh, to get it to flow through the song. Um, but other than that, everything is remarkably similar to what I sent. It's awesome. Um, listen, I am so pumped for this to come out. When is the, so when can people donate until, like how long do they have? Yeah, we have 11 days left in the campaign. Um, so Wait, the campaign, say that you cut out for just one second. Can you say that for me? Yeah, we have 11 days left in the campaign. Okay. It ends and October that, And we're recording this as of, what's it, the 19th. So I'm going to try to make, get this up tomorrow. Um, oh, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. But so, yeah. So as of today, you have 11 days left. Mm-hmm. Yep. So October 30th is the cutoff. And, uh, and we need $30,000 to make it happen. Awesome. Where are you at right now? Um, we are at right around 10. Okay. Um, yep. And then, um, I mean, I know I looked through it. There's, you have a lot of uh, awesome perks for different for different levels of people uh, to donate. So, um, really, do, the, it, it is mind blowing, and I really do want to encourage anybody listening to go uh, to just go check it out. And then, is there plans for another live show for for this? Yeah, if uh, if we if we're able to uh, fund the album um we're hoping to do a album release show uh, over holy week so that'd be awesome yeah yeah i'm excited wonderful and Um, uh, and the the last thing i'd like to say about the kickstarter is uh because the the whole project has been collaborative from start to finish um i love that the only way we can fund this is through more collaboration um and bringing more artists into into the piece uh, because I couldn't I couldn't do it on my own when I started um, and this far in I still can't do it on my own um, and so it's so exciting to me to see more folks joining the community around this project um, as we as we try to get an album off the ground now. It's wonderful. Um, Alyssa is there anything else that you would like to plug uh, anything like I know you have your kickstarter uh, where can they do you 
I will put the link for the Kickstarter down in the description below. Anybody who's okay, interested in it. Awesome. Um, and then is there any other works or anything else that you want to plug before before we wrap this up? Or anything else that you want to add to the, <laughs> anything else you want to say? Man, I, I just say uh, the community around the project is amazing. So um, as you check out the project, also check out the different artists who are involved. Um, like I said, there's seven different bands who have invested their um, time and creativity to giving life and voice to my lyrics. So check out yeah. their music as well. Um, every single one of them is making amazing art in this world. And uh, I, I encourage you to support them too. So you said there's seven of them. Can we, can we list them real quick? Can we just give them a quick shout out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dennis Parker, okay. uh, Cardiff State, uh, Ella Mine, uh, St. Don in Slumber, which is a, a instrumental duo. Uh, Wild Harbors. I love Wild Harbors so much. Oh, they're awesome. They're awesome, man. They've been uh, on, Jeff, they're the only, I was going to say, they're the only artists, I think, as of today, who have been on this podcast more than once. Oh, uh, there at both times I cried at the end of the episode. So they're, oh, man. they're oh, phenomenal, man. phenomenal people. Yeah, um, they're, they're so fun. They're such a great team. Uh, but okay, so then, all right, and who else? Wild so. Harbors. We're at five. Uh, Justin Schumacher okay. and uh, Kira Sullivan. Okay, wonderful. I will check them all out. Um, yeah. So once again, thank you so much for joining us. And um, yeah, I can't wait to see where this project lands. I'm really excited for it. Thank you, Marvin. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Um, like I said before, man, go ahead and check out Hannah Huben's, uh Kickstarter. It'll be in the description below. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited for this project. It's off the ground. It sounds like amazing work that she's doing. And uh, I really hope that we're able to get it off the ground. Uh, anyways, thank you guys so much. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and share this with your friends. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.